the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Tuesday, May the 4th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on May 4th, 1961, the first group of Freedom Riders, they left Washington, D.C. to challenge racial segregation on interstate buses and in bus terminals. Today in 1626, Dutch explorer Peter Minuit, he landed on present-day Manhattan Island. Today in 1776, Rhode Island declared its freedom from England two months before the Declaration of Independence was adopted. They wanted out, and they weren't going to wait for the uh, document to be written, apparently. It was Rhode Island today in 1776. Today in 1886, at a Haymark Square in Chicago, a labor demonstration took place. They were demanding an eight-hour workday. That turned into a deadly riot. Then a bomb exploded. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Today in 1932, mobster Al Capone, they tried to get him on a number of things that he had obviously done, I guess. Everybody seemed to know what he was up to, but they couldn't nail him on it. So they finally got him. They convicted him on income tax evasion. They put him in the federal penitentiary in Atlanta today in 1932, but he was later transferred to Alcatraz Island. Today in 1970, Ohio National Guardsmen opened fire during an anti-war protest at Kent State University, killed four students, wounded nine others. I remember that very well. Um, Those were trying days, much like the days that we live in today. Today in 1998, Unabomber Theodore Ted Kaczynski, remember him? He was given four life sentences plus 30 years by a federal judge in Sacramento, California. That came as a result of a plea that actually spared him the uh, the death penalty. If I recall, I'm not sure about this, but I think one of the things that Ted Kaczynski was asking for after he was sentenced was a meeting with Jim Dobson, James Dobson. And uh, I think I had a conversation about that at one time. I don't recall, but it just came to mind as I was sharing that with you. But those are some of the things that happened today in history. The reason we do that every morning on this program, we originate live, as you know, at 9 o'clock in the morning every day on ACN. Some of you listen a little bit delayed, an hour or two. But uh, we try to stay very current with what's going on in our country. We look at it from a biblical perspective. The biblical perspective, of course, is the very old text of the Bible. It is inerrant. It is without error. It is inspired by God. It's not like any other document. It is the Word of God. And so we look at what's happening in our world. It's very transitory, very evolving, as they say, very relativistic. We look at all of that through something that never changes. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, God says, will never pass away. So 
that's why we take a look over our shoulder at a few things that happened today in history each morning uh, when we started our program. And it's helpful to bring perspective, and many of you find it interesting, and you tell me, yeah, I look forward to that. Well, I hope you stay tuned for the rest of the program as well. No, I'm kidding. You're probably looking forward to putting me in the history channel somewhere, or the history column somewhere. But um, that's why we do that, and that's why we take a look over our shoulder every morning just to see a few things, not everything, of course, but a few things that happened in history. We live in unbelievable times. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken, including our own emotions and anxieties. That continues to be the number one issue when people are interviewed or asked about what, how they feel. Anxiety. Anxiety about the pandemic. Anxiety about, really, the safety of our nation. It's interesting that that, the safety of our nation, homeland security, is an issue with people on both sides of the political spectrum. We keep hearing about the high ratings that President Joe Biden is getting in his first 100 days, which was a couple of days ago now, first 100 days in office. And yet, we don't see many polls that reflect that, to be honest with you. I've seen one or two and they're very, very left-leaning. But people that are regularly read and often quoted, like Rasmussen and others, are not finding that in their polling. Rasmussen, it's kind of like, how did he get all those votes at the last presidential election? You know, I, <laughs> I have my ideas for sure. I think there was a lot of fraud in the last election, and not just because, you know, our guy didn't win, but I think there was, based on what I've read and seen in video. And there's that persistent feeling that's continuing. In fact, the legislature in, in Arizona has taken action, and they're literally, as we speak, in the convention center there in, in uh, uh, Phoenix. They're going through, they're looking at every ballot in Maricopa County. There's still a, a real sense of, of urgency and concern around the country about the election. And it's not just about, it's bigger than Donald Trump. We want our elections to be fair and honest. Everybody does, except those that are using the election as a tool to advance an agenda, as they do on every front. But Rasmussen came out with a poll yesterday that said that voters are not very confident in Biden's ability to deal with the terrorism threat. He said most uh, most voters viewed domestic terrorism as a greater danger to America than foreign threats, and they didn't have much confidence. These are Rasmussen's words. They didn't have much confidence, or they don't have much confidence, that President Biden can cope with the threat. What he found was that only 30% of likely U.S. voters, these are Republican, Democrat, Independent, everybody, only 30% of likely U.S. voters say they're very, very confident in Biden's ability to deal with terrorist threats to the United States. Another 16% say they are somewhat confident that Biden is able, but concerned. 12% said they're not very confident at all, and 40% said they're very much not confident 
with Biden's ability to deal with the terrorists. It's interesting. And they found in a similar, a parallel poll by the same company, Rasmussen, they found that only 36% of voters say Biden's first 100 days in office was a success. And yet that's not what you hear. I'm not, you know, I'm not just looking for people to say they don't like him. I mean, I don't care for him at all. I don't know him personally, but I sure don't like where he's going. He's trying to become the most liberal, the most far-left progressive president since FDR, and he may be worse than FDR was as far as being progressive, so-called. But I'm just saying there's just so much misinformation out there, and there's so much misleading information out there in our world today. For example, there's a two-minute video that was put out yesterday by our by our CIA, our government agency. And it's a promotional. It's supposed to be a promotional video. It's supposed to be targeted at um, younger adults whom they're wanting to recruit to have a career with the CIA. It's a promotional film, video. It's a two-minute. And in TV land, two minutes is quite a long time, actually. So they're running this thing, and it, it it's unbelievable. The video features this 36-year-old Latina, this woman, CIA agent, who described herself as intersectional, cisgender, and millennial. This is the group that guards you. Keep this in mind. The officer, she tells viewers that while she used to suffer from imposter syndrome, She has embraced herself unapologetically because she refuses to internalize misguided uh, patriarchal ideas of what a woman can and should be. Former CIA officer Brian Dean Wright, he's retired now, he really took issue and he was going all over Twitter yesterday. He said the CIA used to be about mission to country. I speak from experience. Now it's about demanding and getting accommodation Uh, to fix an emotional wound or advance a personal agenda. He said America is less safe with this new CIA and dangerously more political. This CIA recruitment video, he said, is a joke. China, Russia, and our enemies are laughing at us. Dinesh D'Souza, he was on Twitter as well. Dinesh said the CIA just released a recruitment video full of woke Propaganda and America's enemies are laughing their heads off. That's why there's concern in America today. We know all this stuff. We just have this sense of where we're going, and we're not going down the right path. It can cause a lot of anxiety and concern. Psalm 34 addresses that. Verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. In Hebrews chapter 10, a verse I've preached on as a pastor many times, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. God is in control and God is faithful. He'll be with us. He is with us. He will be with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. But we live in some unparalleled times in history. I want to thank you for your support of this ministry. Without it, 
we wouldn't be here. Your support is deeply appreciated. Thank you. If you don't support this ministry, but you believe that it has value and it's doing something good and we are speaking to more and more people all the time, impacting people, I read the notes that you send, the messages. Thank you for all of that, and thank you for your support. And if you don't support us, please consider it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, and be careful with that, because there are more and more faith and freedoms out there. But our website is faith, A-N-D, freedom, dot U-S. And you'll know you're on our website. You'll see Faith and Freedom. You'll see my name, Gary Randall, ministries right under it. We've added that in re- legally in recent uh, months just to identify us from this onslaught of other faith and freedoms. Everybody's onto those words. And honestly, I, we started using that word and, in fact, thought we had it sort of secured years ago, 2004, I think it was. Well, we didn't. And uh, I guess I guess we should be, you know, uh, pleased that everybody likes the words put together like that. But uh, nonetheless, be careful, because we've had a couple of incidences where people were on the wrong website. And um, if you're going to support something, don't do it that way. Uh, so be sure you're on our website. But thank you so much for your support. And thanks for standing with us on this in this ministry that's happening every day that's why we originate live every morning idaho state lawmakers they've said no absolutely no to the officials at an idaho idaho middle school and they made national news yesterday afternoon this middle school was trying to pressure teachers to judge students by the color of their skin now they were the lawmakers have rejected this deeply divisive application It's called critical race theory. You've heard the term. I've talked about it on this program. But it's now playing out in the real world. Idaho, elsewhere, Pennsylvania, many places around the country. This particular issue in Idaho was in the news, national news, yesterday. They say CRT, critical race theory, is a biased belief that would violate any reasonable interpretation of the federal civil rights laws if the students acted on it. And they say, we're not going to let it happen in our schools in Idaho. They're very wise in addressing this because it is it has momentum. Everybody should be concerned and everybody should be informed. And that's why I wanted to talk to you a little bit about it today. These Idaho lawmakers make the case that the school uh, officials should not force students to believe that, quote, any sex, race, Ethnicity, religion, color, natural origin is inherently superior or inferior. And that's what this race theory really does. It's rooted in Marxism. I'll get to that in a moment. Governor Brad Little, a Republican, he approved the proposal that came from the legislature with the new provisions, no public institution. I wrote an article on this today. It's on our website, or some of many of you, thousands of you get it. And you subscribe, it's free, but we send it out every day. But I link this proposal that they put together. You might want to take a look at that because it might be helpful in your school district. This has got to be addressed. It cannot be ignored. 
So they came out with this proposal. Brad Little, the governor, immediately said, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. I, I accept this. Uh, the provisions say no public institution, including colleges and K-12 through schools, that would be in the state of Idaho, shall direct or otherwise compel students to personally affirm, adopt, or adhere to the idea that individuals should be adversely treated on the basis of their sex, race, religion, color, or national origin. Conservative Research Foundation in the state actually got onto this by they found a flyer and then found many of them that were being posted and circulated around this Meridian Middle School in Idaho. Officials say that it's not enough for teachers to treat all students the same. Instead, school officials say educators must recognize students' multiple identities based on race, sex, religion, and other immutable traits. Colorblindness, according to the school's officials, the, the instructors, is a myth. A rejection of this once cherished idea, I mean, that was... I mean, as I understood Martin Luther King Jr., and I remember him well as a young man, that was his message, man. He said, I dream of a day when we won't be judged by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character. I thought that was the message. No, that's not the message anymore. No, you are to be judged by the color of your skin. Forget about the content of your, the, the content of your character. That's just a small part of if any recognized part of you at all, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. It is about your, the color of your skin. That's where we are today. This flyer says color blindness. In other words, if you don't recognize what color people are, if you don't care about it, you just see them as people. I thought that's what we were supposed to do. No, no, no. That's not what you're supposed to do. It says, the flyer says, and this whole curriculum, and I believe me, I've spent time on this prior to today. It says, colorblindness, this is a quote, perpetuates the idea that white is the norm and everything else is not. It goes on to say that teachers are biased, whether they know it or not. That's why that you should be, quote, aware that you may experience privilege based on your gender, race, and sexual or gender identity and acknowledge your role as a social activist, even if you did not realize that you had chosen to be one. Does this sound like insanity? It does to me. I'm a simple man, but I mean, man, is this where we are? It is. The flyer is an, a striking example of this woke mob's attempt to control how people think and act. It tries to manipulate guilt. You may experience privilege. Have you ever felt like maybe the Lord has blessed you? Ah, you're a racist. You should never experience privilege. And it rejects the idea that we are all created equal and that legal and cultural institutions should treat us accordingly. That's fundamental. No, it isn't. Colorblindness. Colorblindness is it's not a myth. It's what they are trying to erase or cancel. I thought it was a path to a more perfect union. We're all created in the image of God. The most fundamental Christian theology is that 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, that would be like whomever, (laughs) believes on him, accepts him, shall spend eternity with him if you accept God's only begotten Son. All of us are equal at the cross of Jesus Christ. All of us have sinned, every stinking one of us. And all of us have been given an opportunity by God himself to reconcile with the eternal God who created all things. God doesn't care what color your skin is. And neither should we, but we do. And we must, in this new, crazy, insane world that's being created, a web that is being woven around us as we sit in that, (laughs) it's almost a cliche now, but as we sit in that warm kettle like a frog while they turn up the heat. Where did this nonsense come from? Well, the critical race theory dogma, it's on display in Idaho and really a number of other places around the country. It actually originated from Satan himself, but this thing began to be kind of constructed in Germany in the 1920s among a group of Marxist so-called intellectuals. Originally, it was termed critical theory. It teaches that we must consider society as being inhabited by only two groups of people, not not the you know the bourgeoisie and the proletariat, not that, not the rich, the poor, and all that. No, no, no. It's critical theory teaches that society has two people, two parts. It's inhabited only by oppressors and the oppressed. So you're either an oppressor or you're a victim. That's how they have divided human society. This worldview found its way into American law schools in the mid-20th century. It inspired a generation of lawyers and legislators, legal scholars. Some of them some of them are sitting on the Supreme Court of the United States now. Yeah, they, they are. Legal scholars, they begin to apply this interpretation of the U.S. Constitution and the legal system, arguing that American law is systematically oppressive. The laws that we have that were, for the most part, codified from biblical truth and biblical morality by Blackstone and others, that now has been deemed, our laws, just in general, have been deemed as systematically oppressive. Well, of course a law can be seen as oppressive if somebody wants to murder someone and the law says you can't murder, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not kill, and if you do, the penalty is such and such. Of course that would be oppressive to the person who wants to kill someone. So they have taken that and they have developed this whole, um, it's kind of a systematic ideology based on anything that seems to inhibit your most basic instincts of desires or or the darkest part of your desires, it's oppressive and it's therefore needs to be canceled, erased, eliminated. Joe Biden even used the term in his speech the other night before Congress. 
I don't know if you heard it or whatever, but I, I watched some of it, and I heard him say it, and I thought, boy, you know, I shocked but not surprised. Other so-called intellectuals in the United States have expanded this critical theory into what is now known as critical race theory, which believes that racial discrimination causes the constant state of oppression in our society. We live in an oppressive society. That's why they hate America. It's oppressive. This is not isolated. In Michigan, an Education Advisory uh, Council to Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer, she's a nutcase. I mean, she's just way out there wild on the left. She produced a report called Social Justice and Anti-Racist Resources. That included an article. The author says everything that happens today is racist, and the only question teachers and students can ask legitimately in class is how much racism was in play. In Buffalo, New York, same thing. School districts, they have a what they're calling it is emancipation curriculum. They told children that all white people play a part in the perpetuation of systemic racism. That statement was eliminated only after a Senate conservative journalist, Chris Rufo, based in Seattle, put out a headline, embarrassed the school district, so they, they changed their words but not their course. There's similar cases like this all across the country. Last year, then-President Trump, he blocked federal agencies and contractors from training federal employees to think that America's irredeemably racist. But President Joe Biden, on his first day in office, very first day in office, he rescinded that. God bless these Idaho lawmakers for taking their job seriously, because Karl Marx certainly took his job seriously. This madness that's called critical race theory is not isolated in a vacuum. It's a critical part of a destructive worldview, and it's based on failed Marxism. A worldview that cancels religion, especially Christianity. Karl Marx said religion is the impotence of the human mind to deal with occurrences it cannot understand. Karl Marx says to all of you Christians, you are simply weak people. You need help, and the things that you don't understand, which are many, you just accrue that to faith and say, well, it's just by faith. I I believe the myth of God, whatever. More directly, Marx said, religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of the heartless world, and the soul of the soulless conditions. He said, it is the opium of the people. Education was far more important than religion to Marx. That's why they attacked and do attack Marxist education. Some years later, Vladimir Lenin, a student of Marx, became the leader of what is, became the Soviet Union. He said, give me a child the first five years of his life, and he will be mine forever. President Joe Biden is pushing for free education now from pre-kindergarten through at least two years of college. Give me your child is the message. Marx said, keep people from their history, and they're easily controlled. Does that bring some clarity to this Project 1619 lie? Marx taught that democracy is the road to socialism. Lenin built on that idea and said the goal of socialism is communism. That's the world we live in. We'll continue this conversation tomorrow. There's much more to be said. Thank you so much for being with me today. And again, thank you for your support of this ministry. Your encouraging notes and and messages are all read and deeply appreciated. But thanks for standing with me, and thank you for standing strong in your faith. These are times when we need to be 
that light in the darkness, not to be hiding somewhere in a corner because we're somehow challenged or afraid of what's going on in our culture. God is in control. 